Hi Crazy Xers and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Crazy X Club. Um, these are getting a bit more manic. <laughs> I think I can just sort of relax into this whole idea about uh, talking into a microphone and just kind of saying what comes out of the top of my head. It makes me really sort of smile to think back on like the really early episodes where I'd literally like written to like every detail what I was going to say and then almost sort of reading it out to you but maybe you're sort of thinking please go back to that because we just don't know what you're gonna say um but anyway how are you guys all doing uh, i'm just um doing my little intro because this is another interview episode and this time i was talking to um driving instructor and fellow podcaster terry cook so terry and i haven't known each other that long but i feel like i have known him for decades uh, so this one was a real lot of fun to record and i had i just had a blast and um it runs ever so slightly longer than some of the other ones and we but i reckon it could have gone for hours uh, we went off down a bit of a on a tangent about films at one point but i i think it was just it was a, such a lovely chat and again like so many people that have been brave enough to sort of come on and share their stories he's so honest about um his breakup story and the the sort of steps that he went through and it's just such a a lovely kind of reflection um about just how honest he is about looking back um on some sort of those earlier years in his in his dating life and I loved it and um, I've been really excited about this one because um, I kind of had a little idea uh, about what he was going to talk about so I was like when he told me what his story involved I was like yeah you've got to come on like as soon as possible so like I really enjoyed it I hope you do too Um, I'll be back with you on the other side of it but for now here's me and Terry having a little chat speaking a bit hey hey Chrissy X's another episode and another interview so today I am joined with driving instructor podcaster and fellow geek Terry Cook hello Terry how are you I am tremendous night Emma how are you I'm okay. I haven't said my magic word, which is I'm really excited because I am really excited, but I'm trying to rein in that word. Um, Yeah. And we're like, we're getting to like the close of a weekend as well. So there's, there's that that energy about, but I'm happy to be doing something like this to sort of just see the weekend out. Um, So good. Have you had, had much going on lately? A lot, but just on magic words, mine is interesting. Whenever you say anything, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So you, you catch me doing that, that's why. But yeah, um, yeah, crazy busy. Uh, I'm, as you mentioned, I'm a driving instructor and lessons just resumed uh, a few weeks ago. So it's all all bonkers at the minute with everyone taking tests and wanting to learn the theory and desperate for lessons. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy in a good way, yes. we hope. Okay, so you know the deal. You know why we're here. You know what, what I'm up to. I'm all talking about recovering from breakups, sharing those stories where we had a moment in our life where maybe we thought things weren't going to be so great. And then we did a load of stuff and went, oh my God, I'm awesome. And I've come out of this. So you know how I do this straight to it. Terry, what story do you want to share with us today? Uh, I am going to headline this story, the time I attempt to fight a shark. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we just leave it there and just let people make up their own story. Can have people write in with ideas for that. Yeah, absolutely. I might even get 
the Jaws soundtrack, especially. Yes, Jaws is my favourite film, so you know maybe oh. there's a correlation there somewhere. Um, but no, uh, I think the, the, the premise behind that is <laughs> um, how not to handle a breakup, I suppose. <laughs> um, I handled it atrociously in so many ways. Um, and this is going back, so I'm 38 now. I think, um, and this was when I was about 21, so, so nearly 20 years ago, uh, and I got in uh, a relationship, um, got his own house and, and whatnot, and uh, got on fine, the breakup was amicable, it was one of those things where you just, it, it wasn't mutual, you know, someone's got to say the first thing, but it was fair, there, there was no issues there, it just didn't work. But I didn't handle the, the after part of that very well at all. Um, and uh, I think the big thing for me was actually, because we lived together and we sold the house. It was when I sold the house and I had to move out of the house. And I went back to my mum uh, and that just, it wasn't great. And I did everything you shouldn't do. Um, so, but my, the ex I was seeing at the time, she lived in uh, Newcastle and I got on really well with, with her family. Um, and I had to take some stuff up to them after, you know, from, from the house. I said, I'll drive some stuff up. And while I was up there, I was talking to, uh, I think it was a mum I was talking to, and I was saying, you know, quitting work and I'm doing this. And I'm, you know, I'm like, do you know what? I'm just going to go on a massive bender, you know, just venting all this stuff I was going to do. And uh, somehow she convinced me to let me take my ex's sister on this massive bender I was planning on going on. So we were, it was like a Tuesday night and we went to, I think it was Whitby Bay or somewhere like that. And it, and it was one of the most depressing things ever because I can remember it was in a club at midnight in Whitby Bay, me and my ex-girlfriend's sister, and we were the only people in the club, literally. Like, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> it's like there was us and the bar staff and the DJ to the point where we, we walked up and gave the DJ a playlist. And it was awesome. <laughs> um, and I can remember they had this, this table, uh, these tables that you could like spin around. So, I mean, just for a heads up, I don't drink now. And what I'm about to tell you is part of the reason why I don't drink now. <laughs> but we got all these shots and we put them on the table. And like must have been two dozen shots. And we're spinning around every time the table stopped. That's the shot you have to drink. So you can imagine the, the condition mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we were in after that. And anyway, night went on and eventually we wound up, right? Uh, we sort of ended up on the beach. And I'm thinking... I'm just getting angry. I'm not an angry person. Maybe anger's wrong. I'm frustrated. And everything were coming back. And I was there with my ex's sister. And I'm like, you're my ex's sister. Ah, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what can I do? And I know, and, and this is genuine. I know I'm going to fight a shark. <laughs> so all the clothes come off. The glasses come off, which then got lost on the beach. <sighs> um, which I need to drive, by, by the way. <laughs> And then march into this sea where I get up to about chest height and I'm just studying the sea in Whitby Bay, calling out sharks, <laughs> literally. Just, Come on, shark, I'll have you. Now, I'm saying this, I'm making myself like some kind of aggressive football hooligan. I've, I've never been in a fight in my life, but I'm studying Whitby Bay up to my chest in seawater, calling out sharks. Is it known for sharks as well? No, no. although the week after there was a shark spotted there. No. Yes. They heard genuinely. you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a, a very delayed response, but yes, I'm just glad I didn't go a week later. <laughs> but I think where it stemmed from, actually, I'd seen 
oh, do you know what? In fact, I just, I'm telling this, I've just had a flashback to where it stemmed from. It was my ex at the time, because I remember we had an ongoing joke. And she used to say to me, if you ever get in a shark or fight, you punch it on the nose. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight a shark and I'll punch it on the nose. <laughs> and yeah, and then I just trotted back out of the sea, miserable, damp, limp, and just like, <laughs> I didn't even get to fight a shark. <laughs> and I lost my glasses. But it, it, it's it's a funny story, but it, it's, you know, it was actually quite... Um, uh, reflective of, of how I was at that time and you know just sort of tell you a little bit more about that it's, it's just a you know if anyone listening wants to know how not to handle a breakup mm-hmm. um, because shortly after that I met another lass who we decided we kind of fell for each other and we decided uh, she was moving to Tenerife about four weeks later so we decided we'll have a four-week fling Mm-hmm. Because this is the perfect way to get out of one relationship that you've just tried to fight a shark after, <laughs> is to go and have a four-week fling with someone that's moving to Tenerife. Brilliant idea. So we had this four-week fling and fell madly in love, and then she moved to Tenerife, and then I was even more miserable. Um, so I decided to follow her to Tenerife, and I got a one-way ticket to Tenerife, and we had the best time for about two weeks before I realised, yeah, this isn't going to work either. Aww. So then I ha- then I had to buy a ticket to come home. <laughs> and then when I got home, um, I, I was working on the building sites and I got laid off from work. Um, I was, in fact, I was working with another joiner. I was working as a joiner and they were uh, sort of a two-man team. And when I came back, there was something different about him. And I don't know what it was, but he was very standoffish for me. Uh, and I had not deserted him. Maybe he just heard that I'd gone to fight a shark and disapproved. <laughs> but it was quite standoffish. But I then got laid off about a week later, um, which is odd because normally if you're working as a pair, they'd lay both of you off, not just one. So, you know, read into that what you will. But I got laid off. And I can remember being really probably my lowest point then because I'd lost one relationship. I lost my house. I went to Tenerife chasing after another <laughs> relationship and lost that one. And then I lost my relationship at work. Mm-hmm. And my life at that point was, in fact, I'll tell you what I did. I lived with my mum and I used to drive a van. And every day I drive to White Rose, which if anyone knows Yorkshire, the White Rose Centre in Leeds, uh, in Yorkshire, uh, I used to drive there and I'd buy a DVD. And then I'd drive home and I'd watch the DVD. And that was my life for about a month. And there's a special treat. I used to drive to uh, Meadowall in Sheffield, which was Ooh. bigger and further away. Yeah. And at that time, I genuinely had no friends. And that's not um, being melodramatic or anything like that. I literally had no friends. For whatever reason, I didn't. So I was probably at my lowest, and I found it really, really hard to, to cope. And again, the way I coped to come out of that was to meet another lady. Mm-hmm. and fall in love and you know again you know people can judge me for this but this lady was married and right. she left her husband for me and um that was and then I moved into their house um and that was a very very toxic relationship mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go into the blame game because you know some was mine some was her and I'm sure she would say more was me and I'm sure I would say more was her you know but again that ended about five years later and that, if I'm being honest, probably only came about because I'd not moved on from the first relationship. So those four breakdowns, uh, four or five break breakups, all kind of 
were mm-hmm. rolled into one. So when that ended, it was that was really difficult because again, I went back to my mum's and I was probably about 27, 28 at that point. Um I just uh I just got a new job at McDonald's because I'd knackered my back up and I couldn't work on building sites anymore. So I thought I just want something warm just to get me money, you know, over Christmas. And I got a job working at Kitchen and McDonald's. Then we then we split up and I just felt like I was 28. Everything had ended and I'm working flipping burgers at McDonald's. You know, it's not, that's not the case, but that's how it, it feels. And that, that was probably my lowest, lowest point. And the, I still don't know how I stepped out of that. I still don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was literally, I was in my... My mum's living room one day, I was the only one in the house, and I talked to myself a lot. Mm. Uh, that's how I journal. I, I physically say words to myself. I find that better than journaling. And I was talking, and I can remember talking about, well, she must love me because she still texts me, and I was mm. saying all this. And even though I didn't want the back, and even though I knew it's the wrong thing, you still do. You know, you're alone, you still do. So I was saying all this stuff, and all of a sudden I just stopped talking. And I, I, I was crying. I can remember. I stopped talking. Stop crying. And I went, but I'm going to be all right. And then I was all right. And I don't know what caused that that click. I still don't know. And it wasn't like everything was perfect and rosy after that. But something just clicked, and I started moving forward. That's awesome. And it's it's so interesting to me. Oh, I've said interesting. So interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, the correlations that I find when I sort of start chatting to people, I had that exact same moment where I was in a cycle of I put my little boy to bed about seven o'clock, I'd go downstairs and I'd cry for about two, three hours. And then I'd get up, go to work, put a happy face on until my little, until my little boy went to bed. Then I'd cry. And just one night, I, th- I don't know whether your brain just goes, no, enough enough this isn't how your story ends your story does not end with you in this situation and after that yeah I'm not saying it was instantly amazing the very next day but I just thought yeah do you know what I am I'm done with this as well and then you can start taking those steps forward so I really relate to that kind of almost light bulb moment yeah it's it's crazy and it's just odd that it comes from nowhere Mm. and I don't know whether it's because I wore at my lowest um and like I say it was just that series of things and it was just like that light bulb moment and then it was right you've got to do something and I thought right well what can I change well I can make friends because I've lost all my friends as well at that point say I lost all my friends Mm -hmm. it's a bit extreme but all my friends were over in the other part of Yorkshire where I'd been with this this my ex and it was like I had nothing and this isn't the case. This wasn't the case, but it's how it feels at the time. You know, she had the house. She'd met someone new. I think she'd uh, got pregnant at that point as well. So she had kids and um, and she got a new job. And again, this isn't a criticism of her. This is how I felt at the time. She'd got this, this new teaching job that I'd helped her get. I'd helped, you know, through support and, and that. And then I look at myself and it's like, well, I've moved back to my mum. I've got no friends and I'm flipping burgers at McDonald's. It's like you look down upon yourself with that mm. and then you look upon everyone else as if they're amazing. And it's like, well, I think it was just a case of if I'm at this point, I could only get better. So what can I do? Well, I work at McDonald's. I work with 100 different people in this store. I can 
have friends with them. I'll go get friends with them. And actually, uh, I, I got become friends with uh, a chap there who's probably still one of, if not my best friend. So it's certainly stemmed out of mm-hmm. that that toxicity, toxic madness mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was in. <laughs> um, it stemmed from that, you know, and other relationships as well. You know, it was at, at that time that uh, an old, and I'm going to give her a shout out, uh, Jess Tonks, an old friend of mine that I knew from a, a previous McDonald's store, happened to come in to the new McDonald's store I was in. And it's like, oh, Jess is here. And then we've been friends again ever since. So it's like, even though it was that that horrible thing, it was right, well, we can't go lower. I can't. So I can only go up. So maybe that was the thing that gave me the, the kick up the ass. I don't know. But it was, I then found it quite almost easy to start taking small steps forward because I was seeing things as small wins. Mm. So it, it I went from being handling this this breakup as bad as I possibly could in terms of negativity and stupid decisions and, and poor handling of my emotions to that, that click light bulb moment of going, right, well, let's just do one step at a time and let's start off by not driving to White Rose every day and buying DVDs because mm. you don't need this many. <laughs> and what what was the first thing that you thought, what, because I, it kind of gut pushes you. So my my gut was like, do something creative because that's at least something to fill your time. What, where, where did your sort of gut in your heart take you? Um, it's a, it's a tricky question, is that one? Because I was still at a really uh, low point in in uh, myself, in that I lacked confidence and um, I didn't believe I had anything to offer a value for anything. So I think at the time. I was probably wanting to do something creative. I was probably wanting to, I, I don't know what, but do something more than I was. But there was still suppressing myself, being like, yeah, you can't do that. You know, I mean, just flip it back to now for a minute as a better example, that the podcast I'm doing now, it's taken me ages to do it because in back of my head, I was going to listen to that. Mm. What right have you got to do that? So those things were going on massively there and I didn't have the, the the tools to overcome them. So I think I then started plowing myself into stuff I didn't want to do, but felt like I could do, which was work, McDonald's, mm. um, and getting promoted there and, and moving up the ladder there. But oddly enough, it, it always fell back to the, my, you know, I'm thinking about it now, it fell back to my passion, which was training. I always went into the training department. I went into the apprenticeship department there. I was one of the first other people to do an apprenticeship at McDonald's. Um, I took over every training department in every store I went to. Um, I ran in charge of all scheduling, all that kind of stuff. And, and that was me wanting to do that, which that's a way of expressing a bit of creativity. It's a way of, of helping people because I believe in other people, even when I didn't believe in myself. And I felt I can push them and, and bring them up tomorrow. And you know what? It, I was awesome at it. Yeah, that side of it, I was awesome. Um, I want awesome at everything, but that was my passion, and and um, so yeah, I probably did go towards that side of it without realizing it, but it was all just for work. And then I, I built up and I built up and I got promoted and promoted and promoted. So I was at a point where um, I was gonna be, I was ready to run stores. I think if I remember rightly, I was putting temporary charge of a store. I might have that wrong. I might have been coming up. I don't know. Um, and then I decided this isn't what I want to do. Mm. And I left and I just quit. But yeah, it's um, there was a creative push there, but I suppressed it through lack of 
self-belief, I suppose. But how amazing, though, that you got to a point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. So and making that really sure decision as well. So there must have been something in the background where you're building up to go, right, I'm certain I don't want to do this. So I'm going to go in a different direction. Well, I mean, being honest, again, there were a couple of things in play. Uh, and I can remember that the year before I quit, I've been ringing around people asking about becoming a driving instructor because as much as I like the trading side, it was, I like trading small numbers, you know, one-on-one and not the, the big, you know, let's get a hundred people in a room mm-hmm. and talk at them. I like coaching. Um, so the, the thought was already there, but it was, uh, my wife got diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis um, just after we got married, actually. And um, the company uh, didn't, uh, try to be careful I word this, they didn't do what they said they'd do. Um, essentially, we'll do anything we can to support you, Terry. What can we do to support you? Don't send me to Hunslet. Keep me in this store we're in now, Bramley store. It's close to home. Just keep me here for six months. Mm. Don't send me anywhere else. Keep me here for six months. Literally next week, you're off to Hunslet. Um, which then meant instead of getting home at half five every day, I was getting home at sort of half seven, eight o'clock every day. Um, and it was a lot harder. So that was like the, the almost a final nail in, in, in that coffin. It's like, no, I screw you. I'm not putting my time into this company anymore. I'm going to go follow something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And question that I always ask people to think about, and I'm going to send you back to Terry fighting the shark. What's your piece of advice you'd maybe give? No, and no, no, you can't just be don't get in the water because I still think that's an important <laughs> moment in your life. And if we did the film, um, we'd get Scorsese to direct it and he'd make that look stunning, that moment of, come on, shots. <laughs> like, um, so we have to have that moment. But what would you tell him as he's, as he's coming back and he's, he's picking bits and bobs up? What would you tell him? Um, no, you just said that. I'm now imagining like a ripped Brad Pitt <laughs> in the yeah. shark of his top yeah. off so it would look better than when i did it just like um <laughs> a flabby bald white dude <laughs> come on i love you um no you the biggest piece of advice i could have given to myself then and i've given this to other people since is to you need to be happy with yourself before you can be happy with anyone else you can't rely on anyone to, to provide you with happiness and i even bring that forward to my relationship now with my wife and if I can am I okay to speak about this for a second mm-hmm. um so my wife got diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis and I handled that probably worse than she did in ways and then when she was handling it badly I handled her handling it badly badly mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's like she is unable to do some of the things we used to do you know she's unable to talk as much or she i mean she's fine she can move about and all that kind of stuff but the, in terms of fatigue and energy level she can't do a lot of the stuff we used to do and i let that impact me because all of a sudden she's not providing me with that same level of happiness and i had to stay, take a step back and go think back to before you met her you'd created this this persona you were quite happy with still wanted to improve it but i was happy being alone I got happy with my wife. I need to go back to being happy alone again because she can't provide that uh, partnership that she used to. And we're still a partnership. We're still team. We still get on great. But instead of being almost like um, a full-time partnership, it's like a part-time partnership now Mm -hmm. because she can't 
provide it. And if I wasn't able to be happy alone, I wouldn't be able to, to be in this partnership. And I think that it's just key. You can't, you can't rely on other people to make you happy. Mm. If you're not happy alone, you're not going to be happy with someone else because you'll depend on them. And when that person lets you down, either through choice or by accident or through circumstance, you're going to be screwed. Yeah. And it's, um, it's literally, it's like hot off the press. Something I'm just starting to realize is I've gone away from needing to have someone in my life versus when I want to have someone back in my life, I'll go out and find that again. But I've all of a sudden realized I don't need them. And that for me is massive because I have a massive, I've always had a massive fear of being on my own. And I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm the, like, I just love being on my own now. So I think that's like so many years sort of coupled up with people, but I'm, I'm embracing it. And it is that thing of once you don't need somebody, then you're ready to maybe bring someone in. It's crazy, really. No, but it makes perfect sense when you think about it. It doesn't at the time. Mm. You know, you, at that time when you need someone else to make you happy, it doesn't make sense because you don't feel happy. But you can't rely on other people in life almost because people will let you down. And that's not always a bad thing. Mm. I let people down. And again, it's not always through choice. It's through circumstance. But it's it's how you handle that. And, and if you're not in a good place for yourself, you're not going to be able to handle that. And I think the key word you said there as well is need. It's, you don't, you don't, we don't need anyone else. We don't. It feels like we do. You know, when I had those sort of free relationships of, of my first real relationship, the, the last summer with Tenerife that I followed, and then my, my work colleague all kind of ending the relationship, I felt like I needed everyone. Mm. But in reality, I didn't need any of them. I told myself I did. I felt like I did because something's been taken away from me. It's, it's, it's both crazy and sensible at the same time. Yeah, completely. Um, so the other thing that you get to do as part of being on the podcast is you get to choose a song to add to our Crazy X Club. You've got this um, playlist uh, that I'm, I'm calling it curating, but all I'm doing is clicking add. But I'm saying curating because I'm bigging myself up. So <laughs> what amazing song do you want to add to our playlist? Um, I have a problem. I have an issue with this. Because you're saying song, <laughs> uh-huh. and I've got songs. How many songs am I allowed? I've been really mean to everybody else, and I've, I've made them choose just one. Well, you can go through some of your choices, because I might hate some of them. <laughs> okay. No, that's good. I'll list all five, then I'll pick one, because I'm struggling for, for, for one here, I'll be honest. But I'll go all five, and if you can rule some out, yeah. then I'll pick one from the remainder. So, first one, I've got Poison by Alice Cooper. Uh-huh. That's my vindictive song. Mm-hmm. Um I've then got SOS by Fozzy, not ABBA, uh, the, <laughs> the, the rock remake. I've then got the Elephant Love Melody from the Moulin Rouge film, oh. which is phenomenal. We're going to come um, on to that after this. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Um, I've got uh, Girlfriend by Uncle Cracker, which is one of my favourite songs of all time and always cheers me up. And it, there's, there's a significant meaning behind that as well, which you'd have to listen to the song to find out. Um, and then we have the ultimate song. In fact, no, do you know what? Screw it. This is the song I'm choosing for your playlist, right? You ready? It's Reach by S Club 7. Oh my God, you couldn't have chosen a better one. Oh, <laughs> I'm just so happy. But I'm going to put the girlfriend one in as well because you kind of said you can't help. But, and because you've chosen, it's almost like you unlocked a bonus by saying <laughs> that. 
oh you have no idea if any of my friends from school are listening they will have all done what I just did <laughs> do you just want to explain that choice and yeah. I'll calm down a bit <laughs> I just have um visions of my 18th oh jeepers this is how old I am my 18th birthday pie I'm pretty sure it's my 18th birthday pie um and the DJ played the S Club 7 song Reach and we're all doing the thing with us hands every time and my dad is about three seconds behind everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> as everyone else put their hands down, my dad's hands go up. Um, being honest, that's not uh, almost, it's, it's probably not like a breakup song for me. It's a cheer me up song. When I'm miserable, I mean, to be fair, any S Club 7 song would work, if we're being honest. But that's the ultimate S Club 7 song. And, you know, after all, there ain't no party like an escort party. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I didn't think this weekend could peak anymore. And it and it just it's just gone through the roof. So well, <laughs> it's half past nine on Sunday night. You don't get better than this to finish your weekend. <laughs> you totally know that when I said when we're done, reach is going on and I'm going, yes. going for what I call a little kitchen dance um, <laughs> with my headphones in. Um, is there anything else that you kind of want to share? In that kind of space, amazing stories that you've shared and so amazingly honest. Um, but is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about before we sort of move on to the next part? Um, not particularly, not off the top of my head. I think I would just, uh, you know, anyone that, that is going through a breakup, um, I would have liked to have had that said to me. You know, you need to be happy with yourself. And, and I think one of the ways you can do that is just to do find things you enjoy and just experiment. And whether that means sleeping with 15 different people or whether that means finding S Club 7 and going back to 90s cheese or whether it means, you know, making painting Warhammer figures, experiment with stuff and find stuff that you actually like and don't let other people put you down. In fact, you know what? I will give a quick story about that because when I met my wife, um, she allowed me to read comic books. And I previously wasn't allowed to read comic books. And it's like, I can be mm -hmm. who I want to be. I'm allowed to do this. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, be who you want to be and don't be with anyone that's going to suppress that and not let you be who you want to be and who you are. Oh, beautiful. So... As we move into something, I did kind of, I had made little notes about this. So I really made, wanted to make sure I mentioned it because I was so impressed because um, I got tagged in a post to say you were prepping for the podcast today um, <laughs> um, and you were watching Moulin Rouge and it just popped back in my head. So um, was that, had you seen Moulin Rouge before? Are you a fan? I'm a massive fan of it. So we're just taking a little side road. Oh, there you go. Driving reference. <laughs> <laughs> take a little side road here um thoughts on Moulin Rouge really quickly I, I can't do it quickly I'm oh, sorry. No, that's <laughs> um here's the thing Jaws is the greatest film of all time it is my favorite film of all time until I put Moulin Rouge on when Moulin Rouge comes on the telly that is the single greatest thing in the world once it's finished, Jaws goes back to being number one, then Moulin Rouge goes back to being number two. But Moulin Rouge is just such... I can remember seeing this with my first partner. She took me to see it for my birthday at the cinema. And I come out of the cinema and I went, I have not got a clue what I just watched, but it was one of the greatest <laughs> things I've ever seen. And still to this day when I watch it, I do not know what I watch, but it is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And I don't sing, but I sing to that and I know all the words to all the songs, even the girl bits. And yes... <laughs> It's just phenomenal. And 
there are times, most times, and if you haven't seen Moulin Rouge, I'm not going to spoil it, although there is a kind of tiny spoiler in this, so pause, go back and watch Moulin Rouge, and then come back, you've got your spoiler warning. I often switch it off 15 minutes before the end. You're a clever man. I don't need to see that. I don't need to cry every time. Yeah. I don't, I just, the happy bits. The elephant love melody. The greatest yeah. scene in cinema history. It's, oh, it's, it's brilliant. I remember buying the soundtrack and there's that amazing Fatboy Slim um, remix <laughs> of the Can Can song as well. Yeah. So I had to mention it because I also love it. I just, it's just joyous, but I am the same. I, I, tend to turn it off sometimes when it gets to Roxanne so I, I, I'm, yeah. I turn it off because it goes a bit dark from then yeah. onwards so oh that's good it and it also made me giggle when you tagged me in that because at the same time I was also watching a film but I was watching the thriller Promising Young Woman all about exposing um, abusive men but that was not in preparation for this podcast I promise no as far as I'm aware I'm not an abusive man <laughs> although I did get con- called a control freak not so long ago because um, I asked my, I'll keep this brief, but I asked my wife uh, some questions about driving and she didn't know the answers. So I said, can I put this as a post on Facebook to try and talk about the importance of knowing and remembering and learning? She said, yeah. So I put this post up and it started off by saying, my wife has given me permission to post this. (laughs) And then I put down the post. The first response I got was from a random woman saying, you sound like a really bad husband. I wouldn't want to marry you. You sound like a control freak. Well, okay. Whoa. So maybe. Um, but no, how good is Promising Young Woman? Really good. And I can't say I can't say too much because that would be a spoiler. And I mean, you've got not much excuse if you've not seen Moulin Rouge yet, but um, it is so good. And it left. it's one of those films where I have been thinking about it all day um, since, since watching it. So yeah, really good. Um, yeah, really good film. I've wanted to see it for a little while, so had child-free time. You can't really watch a film with a with a four-year-old kind of maybe sort of going to make an appearance and things like that. So I really wanted yeah. to concentrate on it. So that was good. Well, I did sort of whisperings about it for quite a while, and people talking about how good it was. And when I went to watch it, I'm thinking, I've heard all this good stuff. You know, when you wear all the good stuff before, it's normally not going to live up to it. Oh, it's just, it's completely not what I expected. And it just, uh, you can tell the quality of a film, whether I pick my phone up or not. And that film did not even get glanced at. That phone, sorry, didn't get glanced at. Absolutely same. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's that's the um, litmus test. Did we pick our phones up? No, we did not. Oh, Terry, I feel like we could do um, a, a little a little splinter podcast of film reviews and things like that. But that's a discussion for outside of <laughs> yeah. this, probably. Um, so, right, I promised you, didn't I? There's always the the end part of an episode. It's always about the guest. Come and talk to us about anything that you've kind of got going on, professional projects or any kind of causes that you support. The floor is yours to talk through any of those. I think the, the the two things I'm going to mention, if I'm being honest, are probably my podcasts. Uh, I'll give a shout out to them because they can help people and I'm all for helping people. So the first one I know may have helped someone else I'm speaking to right now is called the Five Minute Theory Podcast, which is essentially five minutes of theory goodness coming in your ears every Tuesday. Um, and at the minute I'm doing some bonus episodes every Thursday covering the, the top 10 driving test fails and the reasons behind them and that kind of stuff. 
And I've got some really good feedback on that. Um, that it's A, helping people pass the theory, and B, helping current drivers refresh the theory. So go take a listen to that. Search for five-minute theory, and um, yeah, you'll, you'll learn from that. And then the other one is a podcast I've got called The Instructor, which is primarily aimed at driving instructors. But again, I'm getting a lot of good feedback from people that aren't instructors that are enjoying it. That's a, an interview podcast where I'm interviewing people about different aspects. So, so far, I've called things like... Um, coaching, marketing, the LGTB community, um, diversity, I uh, can't remember what else, but all kinds of stuff there. And I've got some, I've been genuinely uh, touched with the way that people have said yes when I've asked them to come mm -hmm. on. It's just been really, really heartwarming that I asked someone to come on the little podcast and then they say, yeah, it's the mm -hmm. best feeling in the world. Yeah, no. Yeah, I love it. And as soon as this became an interview podcast, so I really loved, I loved sitting in my room and just sort of talking into my phone, but I love this even more. I love, I love the chats that I've been having and conversations. So it's really good. And yes, you're right. I massively endorse five minute um, theory. It's awesome. I think everybody should listen to it, even if you're not trying to sort of study because it, it just makes you more aware of stuff anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah so massive endorsement for that. Anything else that you'd like to talk through or anything at all you want to share i mean not unless you want to go through a list of all my favorite films <laughs> which you know i mean i'm happy till midnight so you know have you got your top five? Oh right i don't know because it changes <laughs> every time we know jaws and moulin yeah. rouge um i mean jurassic park's always up there yeah that's one of the greatest films of all time um as is star wars but Again, which one? Because I, I'm one of the minority that that liked the last Star Wars film, uh, and I now forgot what it's called. The 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 last Skywalker, last Jedi. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. But the last Star Wars film, I loved it. I was the only person clapping in that cinema when it finished. <laughs> um, so Star Wars is always in the top. I got excited the other day because I found out Total Recalls on at the cinema. That's the Arnold Schwarzenegger original one. Uh -huh. um, and I'm desperate to see that because that's a, a phenomenal film in itself. The Karate Kid is <laughs> is one of the greatest of all time. Um, I'm a huge horror fan, so things like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Halloween, Friday the 13th. Uh, I've just watched some deeply disturbing horror films that I'm not going to mention now, <laughs> but they would get in there as well. So I, I struggle. For, I recently did a top 10 of my favourite films on uh, Facebook. I'll post them one every day. And by the time I'd finished, my top 10 had changed again. So Yeah, I'm the same. I do um, icebreakers for meetings at work and I got everyone to choose just one favorite, uh, one favorite film. And mine's Blade Runner, probably. That's quite consistently my favorite film. No one had heard of it. And I thought <laughs> I can't. And I had to question my team, if I'm honest, because I played the soundtrack and everyone was like, what's this song from? I was like, you need to go watch it. Um, but then my kind of one that is also really close to my heart is Labyrinth. Um, oh, but that's so childhood. Good. Yeah. The Bowie um, soundtrack is amazing. And I think the film is still amazing. Mm. Um, it works. It still works. But um, Blade Runner, uh, you'll, you'll fall out of me now. I, I don't like it. Oh. I, I'm, I am going to rewatch it because I know there's about seven different cuts and they're all significantly different. But... I've put off watching it for ages because like I mentioned before, I've just been told it's so good. And I'm a big sci-fi fan. It's so good. It's so good. So I put off watching it because I think oh, I won't live up to it. And I just, I'll be honest, I got bored in it. And uh. it, it, it's one of them things where it should be my sort of film. 
that it just didn't click. It's like Doctor Who. I should love Doctor Who. It's right on my street, but I don't. No, I don't like Doctor Who. I do have a special reason for for liking Blade Runner. I mean, Harrison Ford does a lovely run in the rain, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. But oh dear, Terry, we have really digressed. But it's been an amazing <laughs> digression. But I'm really conscious I've taken up so much of your time. So the only thing that's sort of left for me to do is to thank you again so much. And I now formally welcome you into my crazy ex club. So welcome and thank you. Hey, I'm, I'm pleased to be part of the Crazy Act Club. Any, any club containing crazy people is always a good club. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks, Rob. Hey, hey. How did you find it? Oh, doing that was just a joy. It was an absolute joy to record. It was, um, as we called out on the, on the episode, uh, recorded late later on onto a Sunday evening um I started to kind of sort of said my energy levels were a little bit sort of dipped (laughs) as it started but having that conversation I just absolutely enjoyed it and possibly my favorite song choice added to the playlist ever I don't know if you guys noticed I was a tiny bit excited when he said his choice I think I was near enough opening the Spotify like let's get that on so tempted to sort of say hey I can share music let's uh, let's get that on and play it play us out um players out with reach um, so amazing song choice but even more amazing kind of insights and sort of that that ref- that honest reflection um of looking back to sort of younger years and sort of things that we've done um and just and just sort of owning that as well that's been quite a nice theme that's come out with like the people that i've spoken to is everybody's really aware of that that theme of responsibility really um so yeah absolutely loved it and uh, yeah the film chats as well great little addition so uh, so much fun doing it so the um the projects that Terry works on and information for his driving um, school are all in the episode notes. So please do check them out. His um, five minute theory podcast is brilliant. So if you are studying towards your theory test or you just kind of want to build your confidence up about theory on the road, completely recommend it. Um, it was my running companion for about three weeks um, leading up to taking mine. So um, thoroughly um, recommend that to you all. And me where can you find me i feel like there should be a quiz and i might just start leaving gaps but um just to make sure i've said it i've got a facebook page and that is the public place to sort of get all the information that you need to know when this podcast is going to release a new episode um sharing information about guests that have been on um and yeah and just general kind of public space i normally put a few funny things that i've discovered in the world of tiktok i'm hiding and lurking in tiktok as well so go and look for me there the crazy x but yeah facebook page look for crazy x club on facebook and the page will come up what should also come up as well is we've got a private facebook group and that's really for people if you're struggling with anything that you hear about on the podcast and you want to talk in a private and safe space with a group of people that are so committed to supporting each other please come and find us in the facebook group um we just there for each other we have a little saying like we've got your back and we really do 
and you can come and just sort of chat us chat to us in there knowing that you're in a safe space to sort of share those things um so definitely find the facebook group as well and yeah just once again thanks again so much uh to terry for coming on and sort of livening my sunday evening up and sort of uh, making me smile at the end of the week it was really really lovely and crazy exes i'll speak to you soon peace and love peace and love